Friends, brothers and sisters, let us come down from our comfort zones. Let us come down and face reality. Let us get involved in the affairs of our governments or we shall never be able to appreciate you know, the, 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 its benefits. Good morning, my dear friends. Today, we are going to talk on the subject, very important subject of government concerning government. But first of all, let us pray. Father, we seek your guidance. We seek your presence, your instruction concerning the word we are about to tackle this morning. We pray, Father, that um, we may open ourselves to your leading in the matters of governance because it is a subject that truly matters to us. Our lives are affected, positively or negatively, depending on who is exercising authority over us. And we need to take interest, Lord. We open ourselves, O oh God, to, to be taught by you. Help us, Lord, to do, to commit ourselves to always do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, our reading this morning is from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 1, verses 9 to 18. And, I've, and I have um, said our topic is concerning government. At that time, I said to you, this is Moses speaking making his last speech to the people, to the children of Israel uh, before he was taken up to heaven. At that time I said to you, you are too, you are too heavy a burden for me to carry alone. The Lord your God has increased your numbers so, so that today you are as many as the stars in the sky. May the Lord, the God of your fathers, increase you a thousand times and bless you as he has promised. But how can I bear your problems and your burdens and your disputes all by myself? Choose some wise, understanding, and respected men from each of your tribes, and I will set them over you. You answered me, what you propose to do is good. So I took leading men of your tribes, wise and respected men, and appointed them to have authority over you as commanders of thousands, of hundreds and fifties, and of tens as tribal officials. And I charged your judges at that time. Hear the disputes between your brothers and judge fairly whether the case is between brother Israelites 
or between one of them and an alien. Do not show partiality in judging. Hear both small and great alike. Do not be afraid of any man, for judgment belongs to God. Bring me any case too hard for you, and I will hear it. And at that time, I told you everything you were to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. That is the word of the Lord. Concerning government. Now, um, I trust that all of us Kenyans, or at least most of us, exercised our God-given mandate to choose for ourselves leaders who will be responsible for our lives and for our welfare and well-being in the next five years. Whether we voted for change or we voted for the status quo, time will tell. But having voted and thus fulfilled our legal and um, constitutional mandate as Kenya citizens, I want to ask, is that all there is to it? Is our job finished? Or is there, is there more we can do? Or are there other areas that require our involvement and our active participation? Do we just sit and wait for the manner to promise the manifestos as we have been doing for many years? Or are we wiser now and we shall be keen to see what our elected leaders are doing after we have elected them. Sadly, unfortunately, most of us, and that is ever since independence, have had this habit of having no interest whatsoever about the area, the matter of, um, of governance, how we are governed. We grumble, we complain in private, when things are tough, we talk about the government as if it is beyond our reach, as if it is a foreign power, you know, ruling over us from up there in the sky. That is, has been our habit. It's a dangerous habit. It is reckless. It is a responsible habit. And we need to give it up. We need to change. We need to correct our attitude with great speed. We need to take a keen interest in what our elected leaders are doing every day. The budgets, the programs, the policies, the laws, and how they are applied and how they are going to affect us today and tomorrow. So let us look at the whole nature of government and learn from the Bible what God expects of us.
Now, having done the elections, we now expect that a new government will be put in place soon. Our question today is, what does the Bible say, if anything at all, about governance, about government or governance at any rate? What is our Christian duty towards our government? I do believe, I, do, I believe that many of us Bible readers would be familiar with, um, with, with, um, um, with Romans chapter 13, which demands that we submit ourselves to our government. But you see, that is not all. Some of us think that is all, that the government is there and we have to submit to it. Whatever it tells us to do, we do. But we ourselves do not hold it accountable to ourselves, even though we are responsible for electing the government in place. I mean, the Bible also states, I mean, apart from submit to your government, the Bible also states that government exists for the good of their citizens. Romans 13, 4. Now, governments and no authorities are actually established by God. So says the Bible. And the Bible has much to say about government and the holy of governance. And as well, it states the rights and the responsibilities of us as citizens of our nations. Basically, we know that, I mean, what the Bible says right from the beginning, that God is king. God is king of the universe and all power and authority belong to him. Therefore, God appoints governments, rulers and authorities to govern the earth on his behalf. We hold elections, we cast the votes and those leaders are answerable both to us, um, the citizens, and to God, ultimately. Secondly, we citizens are obliged to be subject to our governments and to obey established laws, pay our taxes, live in peace, and to mind each other's welfare. You know, love God, love your neighbor. But unfortunately, most of us Take the Bible to be only a religious book, you know, a manual for religious instruction. But in the Bible, we find there written the whole counsel of God, all the knowledge and all the wisdom that God wants us to have. We shall find it in the Bible. And this includes our rights and our responsibilities as citizens of our nation. The Bible is clear that governments and rulers are servants of the people, not their masters. Jesus taught his disciples to be servant leaders, not author or authoritarian uh, masters. Just check what the Bible has to say in the books of uh, Psalms, in the Proverbs, in Nehemiah, Ecclesiastes, 
Song of Solomon's Kings. I mean, virtually <laughs> much of the Bible deals in, 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 with one aspect of leadership, governance, um, uh, you know, in one form or another. Now, our reading this morning, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 9, 19, we see, we see Moses trying to establish a one-man government or one-man rule in the sense that Moses was, was, was exercising all the functions of government in, alone, all by himself, including the functions of parliament, making laws, the executive, you know, executing the, the laws, or, 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 or I mean putting the laws in operation, and judicially. So poor Moses would pronounce the laws as he received receive them from God. Then he sat down. Then he went you know, to enforce the laws and to judge disputes according to that law. That is until his father-in-law found him doing this the whole day from morning to evening and Jethro, the father-in-law, seized that opportunity to teach Moses and ask some basic principles concerning government that the world uses up to this day. Most, at least most democratic countries had their source of um, these principles from the Bible, even though they do not acknowledge it. And so let us look at some of these principles. Um, first of all, that the authority of government actually is in the people, not in the leaders. The authority of government is vested in the people and only delegated to elected leaders by, by the people. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 13, therefore we read, God saying, choose some wise, understanding, and respected men from each of your tribes, you know, to take authority over you. Choose men from among yourselves. Choose your own leaders. Choose your own government. The, 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 the Israelites had been uh, slaves in Egypt for, for about 430 years. As slaves, they probably were uneducated and illiterate, except for Joseph, who had been taught the knowledge of Egypt. Uh, so one way, I mean, in one form or another, he learned, he learned wisdom um, in his, um, as a leader uh, in, that, in that country. Now, the children of Israel were marooned in the desert for 40 years. They had nothing, no assets, no resources. They probably were worse off then than they had been in Egypt. But it was in that state of ignorance and misery 
that God wanted them to choose their government. The principle of self-governance and representative leadership, which we today call democracy, has its origin here. Well, I said Joseph alone was educated. Moses, too, was, was learned in the ways of Egypt. But, uh, but, but the point here is that the principle of self-governance and representative leadership, uh, what we call today democracy, has its origin right here in the Bible. God said, choose leaders from among yourselves. In Egypt, our authority came from the top coming up. The people had no say how they were led, how their masters behaved. But in this new principle of governance, authority came from bottom up. I know here in Kenya, we are familiar with this now. And some of us think that uh, the principle of uh, bottom up is something new. Or it has been invented by our politicians. Not at all. This has been, always existed since the Bible was written. Now, so uh, why did God... Um, choose to do this, to delegate this power to the people, to choose their leaders. You see, the, the people's choices, I mean, God values our choices. And he wants us to make our own decisions. So people's choices matter to God, so much that God even allows us to choose if we will follow him, if we will believe in him, or obey him, or follow him, or not, the choice is, is, is ours. Now, whether to follow God or not is, is, is a decision we have to make. God does not dictate things from above. The result of our choices could be a blessing or a curse, but either way, the choice is ours. And it is God's will that we exercise that choice without pressure from any source. God also wants us to learn to exercise consensus, to agree together. And God wants us also to learn responsibility, to be responsible for our own governments, for choosing our governments, for the things that happen in our own country, in our own area and in our own communities. The, the world, um, the world and nations all belong to God, as we know from the Bible. And all our choices and activities should be, therefore, guided by the written word of God. The world belongs to God. The nations were established by God. We need to seek God's guidance as written in his word in the manner uh, to order our, our systems of government so that, um, so that, so that then... The, 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 we, we get the benefits of, have, of having um, a government over us. Friends, this is the only way our, I mean our success and prosperity will be guaranteed. There's much more, of course, that can be said about this subject uh, at this point, but um, let that be enough for now. Now, what do you think, my friends? I know from what we are saying, anybody hearing me 
will think I'm just giving civic education. And maybe some of us who have no interest, I mean, in, in, in anything outside the church, and, and those who think that anything outside of the church is, sick, is worldly and sinful, zealots, they were called in the, in the Bible. Unless you are a zealot, you will want to meditate on what we are, we are saying and see where, where, where you can participate. And so I'm saying that this may sound like a civic education rather than the gospel. But you saw me read from the Bible. You heard me reading from the Bible. So go in there and read and finish the book of Deuteronomy and then follow, you know, things in Israel and see what transpires, uh, I mean, as things went along. Actually, it is civic education but it is civic education as written in the Bible by God himself. I mean, or, or at least it was um, whatever is here are words that people had from God himself and recorded in the Bible. We also need to be reminded, my friends, that all that Jesus taught was centered on the kingdom of God. And the kingdom is about kings and governance, and authority, and citizens, and how they interact with each other, and what are their, their respective uh, responsibilities, and rights and obligations. So we miss the point. We miss the point when we do not see the gospel as a gospel of the kingdom of God. It is about a kingdom. It is about a king. It is about authority. It is about governance. Furthermore, God created man and gave him authority to govern the earth. That was the first responsibility assigned to Adam and Eve at the garden. This authority, incidentally, as far as I can tell, was not withdrawn. It still exists. That authority to govern to exercise of, to, you know, to, um, our right to govern, to elect governments and to govern ourselves now belongs to us. Indeed, one of Jesus' favorite names was the Son of Man. Take note here, the Son of God needed to be fully human in order to exercise authority here on earth. Because it was assigned, that role was assigned to human being. That is how important our work here on earth is, my dear friends. We cannot afford to be idle or to neglect this responsibility. The Bible teaches that as son of man, the government will be on Jesus' shoulders that he will sit on David's throne and his reign will never end. There it is again. Governance, exercise of authority and rulership 
and the promise of God to those who remain faithful to him till the end is that they will reign with him forever. Finally, my dear friends, Jesus' last commission to his church, what is it? That we go into the whole world to disciple the nations, to teach them everything that is written in this book. All that Jesus has taught, we are to teach the nations. We are to disciple the nations that they may know the will of God concerning all matters that we need to know, including the area of governance. So here is our challenge this morning. Friends, brothers and sisters, let us come down from our comfort zones. Let us come down and face reality. Let us get involved in the affairs of our governments or we shall never be able to appreciate you know, the, 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 its benefits. Because, because it, it is because we have neglected to, 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 to discharge this responsibility that, that um, you know, many, many, because we, we neglected to, to, to continue discharging this um, responsibility in some respect, many of the social services that were previously provided, you know, uh, by the church are now been, have now been taken over by secular and NGOs. And some of the agenda, some of the teachings of these NGOs are corrupt, morally corrupt, and totally evil. But ultimately, the, 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 some of them have the agenda to just secularize the whole world, to exclude God and religion you know, from our society and let people just live the way they want. So take a good look. And I don't know whether you note, you take notice as I have done myself, that Christians are becoming more and more lax about their, you know, standards of morality, about the pursuit of holiness and righteousness about their matters of their faith. And Christians are also becoming more and more secularized. It's very dangerous. The end will be terrible if we continue like this. This is what happened to Europe, incidentally. Europe used to be a Christian country. I mean, largely European, I mean, a Christian country but not anymore. And so if the whole, the whole, the whole I mean, philosophy of humanism, secular humanism has taken over Europe, and if we are not careful, it's going to happen to us as well, unless we wake up. Therefore, let me call us all to be vigilant, to keep watch and pray and get actively involved in the daily affairs of our government and our society. This, this is the, 
this, this, the, the, the government is the one that determines the curriculum to be taught to our children in school. We, we have no control over the curriculum. This government makes other decisions that are sometimes contrary to the will of the people. In some countries, for instance, I have heard that uh, children have been given uh, sex education without the consent of their parents, I mean, at, at very tender age, and they have been given birth control, you know, uh, to use without the participation or even the consent of their parents. Friends, the reins of government have been committed to us by God himself, and it is our Christian duty to faithfully discharge this mandate. My friends, that is my message. Let's wake up. Let's be vigilant. Let's take action. Let's take interest in what our government is doing. And may God bless you. Amen. Father, we thank you. We have heard your voice. And I pray, Lord, that what we have said here today may cause us all to wake up and to keep watch. We are the masters. We, we have elected this government. They are responsible to us. Let us take that every opportunity that you have to us to oversee what they do and raise questions and write petitions when things go wrong. May your name be glorified in the church as we take, I mean, and we take this responsibility as given to us by you, O God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, I know you have been blessed by today's sermon teaching. Please show us some support by liking, subscribing, and sharing this content so that other people can be blessed just like we have been blessed.